Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the MD Journal. I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, okay. Just a tough game tonight for the Oilers. 3 nothing loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. And um, not a lot to say about this one. So we'll do our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers. Bruce, what's your good thing? Uh, my good thing is that uh, here Oilers fans have got what we long said we wanted. We're at the end of February, and the team is playing for first place. Uh, against the division rival and uh, and a head-to-head showdown. The way the game ended up, of course, is not going to make people happy, but the fact is we're playing, people wanted meaningful hockey in February. Well, that was a meaningful game. And it was a pretty good game at times, but uh, um, in the end, the orders didn't have enough gas in the tank against a well-rested opponent that was laying in wait for them a little bit. Yeah. Back-to-back, I guess we've forgotten about the back-to-back thing, haven't we, Bruce? Because the Oilers have done so well this year in back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. But this, the, the Oilers kind of looked like a back a team on the, the uh, end of a back-to-back as the game went on. Um, Vegas took over in the second period. They came, out, they came out fast. And as often happens in a back-to-back, the team that played the night before has a, has a stronger start to the game. Uh, and the Oilers were, uh, I thought, for the first... Uh, uh, 10 to 15 minutes at least, uh, the much better team. Uh, and then they gave up a kind of a backbreaker goal and, and uh, uh, the game kind of tilted the other way after that. But The, the great A chances were 10 to 1 in the second period for Vegas. Mm-hmm. They just absolutely started to play physical hockey and they took over the game. So, yeah, that was a, that was a tough one for the Oilers. <coughs> All right, my bad, my good thing, Bruce, is, well, it's kind of a reverse good thing. I just think this is this is the kind of game that can be a wake-up call for a team in a good way. Like, um, you just play a team which is um, focused, determined, has a game plan, come out, comes out there and dominates you for large uh, spells of the game. And I think that can be not crushing for a team, but it can be a good thing, a good thing for this Oilers team to just see, okay, here's what we're up against, just a reminder mm-hmm. of exactly what they're going to be facing in some of these really good teams in the NHL, especially when they get, if they get to the playoffs, when they get to the playoffs. This is what's ahead of them. Teams that are, you know, disciplined, determined, um, can, can create scoring chances, will come after you, will play physical hockey, and you've just got to, um, well, you've got to get some bounces, yeah. And you've got to get the better goaltending. Um, and the Oilers kind of got neither, but they also got outplayed, I think, uh, somewhat in this game, mm-hmm. especially, of course, the second period. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you don't want to make too much of this because it is the, the back end of a back-to-back of a, against a really tough team. And the Oilers do have some significant injuries. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, again, not to make too much of it, but I, I do think this was a bit of a wake-up call. And here's the reality of the NHL. There's some bloody good teams out there and they're going to come after you what's your bad thing yeah some nights you're just going to play well and the other team's going to play better and and take the game and tonight the, the others did have some good moments but uh, he did they uh um well i've mentioned vegas vegas played their last game in anaheim on sunday and they got to sit around at home while edmonton played in anaheim on tuesday 
and went straight on to Vegas in that extra game. I think it showed in their legs tonight. Uh, my bad thing is um, uh, I'm going to go with something you just mentioned, the bounces. Um, the Oilers didn't get any bounces in this game. and uh, They uh, they rang uh, uh, on their best chances. McDavid rang a shot off the crossbar. Leon rang a shot off the post. And then a Vegas guy wires a 60-foot shot through uh, from the point, and it rings the post, but guess what? It bounces off the post and into the net. And it was, you know, the Oilers were just on the wrong side of the inch. And so many chances that were close, and either Fleury made a miraculous save or, you know, it was, uh, I think the game was closer than the score, and the Oilers are very unlucky to have zero at the end of the night. And, and uh, I mean, credit were due. Marc-Andre Fleury is a terrific goalie who just got a, a, a boost in uh, his uh, motivation by the team going out and acquiring a high-priced backup goalie. And uh, uh, he had a new goalie on the bench watching him perform. And I think that probably uh, raised Fleury's game some. But uh, but he was terrific in this game, and he was a little bit lucky. And so, Yeah, um, with the grade-A chances at 16 to 12, you'd expect the score to be maybe 4 to 3. Mm-hmm. Grade-A chances are 25% chance going in on average right mm-hmm. um that's what we found over the years so this was more like a four to three game and uh the funny thing was that um vegas scored on two grade b shots yeah so this is my bad thing koskinen actually had lots of really really good moments second period he was fantastic but um you know the first goal can't let that in bruce like mm-hmm. that's uh that's just a killer Guy coming down the wing and um, beats you from that spot. Sure, it's, I guess it's a perfect shot, but it seems to me if the goalie's playing it right, he's going to get that perfect shot. There shouldn't be much of a hole there. So um, my bad thing is Koskinen on that one and on uh, – he was a little deep in his net, I thought, on Theodore's shot in the third period as well. Mm-hmm. Could have been out more. Maybe that's the case with the uh, the first goal as well. Um, you, you can't let in that shot in the NHL uh, and win hockey games. And, you know, people will say, well, both of them were perfect shots. Well, got to stop them. From the angle of Pacioretty was shooting, there should be, against a six foot seven goalie, there should be nothing. Yeah. I don't, I don't care what he's, you know, I mean, he's at an angle where, you know, he's not seeing the net like this. He's seen it like this, you know, on a very, very narrow angle. It doesn't take a very wide goalie to fill the net from, I mean, because he was way below the face-off dot where he let that go. And I don't think he put it over his shoulder. I think he put it beside his shoulder, inside the short side post, and that, that hole just can't be there. And again, on the third goal, Koskinen's looking out to his left, and the shot's going to his right and off the post and in. Again, a seeing-eye perfect shot. But, um, again, so so far out there. And I don't think he was that screened. Uh, it was no. uh, on the screen, a guy. He was just, um, I'm not sure. In there. He's and had in a few mean- of those where, go ahead. In the meantime, he's stopping everything. Like the second period, as you say, he was phenomenal. He's the only reason the Oilers were not down by multiple goals after the second frame. Even... Uh, taking into account the first goal was a bit uh, uh, a bit, bit weak, uh, 
you know, they could have come out of the first period 0-0 and still easily been down two, two if not three, after the second. So uh, I'm going to be muted in my criticism of Koskinen, but sure, I didn't like those goals either, either the first or the third goal, especially the first goal. I read some people thought Darnell Nurse got a piece of it, but I went back and I watched the replay a number of times and I listened for tips. Old, old goalie clue. You can hear stuff. And I, I heard nothing in the way of tip. And again, at the source of the, where the shot was, even if he tipped it perfectly, it shouldn't change the fact that the goalie should have the net covered from that angle. So, This is the first goal? The first goal. The first goal. Yeah. Yeah, and the third one, there's been a couple where um, he's been looking the wrong way around someone or not, you know. Uh-huh. And, and again, this is a point shot. He should be out far enough to get that, and he was not um, uh-huh. in position to make that safe. So. Short That's side, my bad yeah. thing. What's your number? Well, I'm going to go with uh, uh, with 26, uh, and that is the number of shot attempts by three Oilers: uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You may have heard of them. Uh, among the three of them, they had 26 of Edmonton's 58 shot attempts. And an identical percentage, 13 of Edmonton's 29 shots on goal. So literally uh, very close to half of the Oilers' offense came off the sticks of those three players. Uh, Leon had four shots on goal, 10 at goal. Uh, Connor had five shots on goal, nine at goal. And Nuge had four and seven. And so those were the guys bringing it on the offensive side of the puck. They had precious little help offensively tonight to be frank but i for one i'm not prepared to say well they got shut out because their big guys couldn't score no they couldn't score but it wasn't for a lack of trying uh, and they rang posts and crossbars and and flurry made a number of terrific saves uh, he made one tremendous glove save off of nuge that uh, springs to mind and uh, uh stopped connor at point blank range more than once and even right in the first minute of the game he robbed Leon on two shots right in a row and you know they they brought it and they just weren't able to solve a world-class goalie and so uh, I'm going to say credit where due with the possible exception of Oilers power play which had pressure but they could not generate shots and in a game where each team had three power plays um, Vegas had eight power play shots and Edmonton had one. So that's not enough. Dry Settle kept fanning on it in that first power play. The one power play, yeah. He fighting the puck. Okay, my number is two numbers. is 910 and uh, .910 and .903. That's the save percentage of Koskinen and Smith right now. And Koskinen's at 910 and Smith's at 93. So Koskinen's on a bad week run of games here. He's been struggling mm-hmm. more. Um, but it's interesting to see he's still ahead of overall in Smith in terms of save percentage. And um, he's got 16 wins and 15 losses now. Koskinen does. Mm-hmm. And Smith has 17 wins and 16 losses. Oh. So Smith's caught up in that regard. There was a, Earlier in the year, Koskinen was way ahead on the one loss, mm-hmm. and now Smith's caught up to him um, in terms of winning percentage. So... Um, but I just go, I think it goes to show you do need two goalies and you Smith had a really rough patch in December. Koskinen's been kind of struggling um, January, Feb, February somewhat. His safe, he, his safe percentage hasn't crashed though, I don't believe. Um, I'd have to check that though. I don't think it's been as good. Like it's been going down. 
<laughs> marginally, so, but. So, but I, I guess the reason I'm bringing up the nine ten for him is he, he's still a good goalie, and you know he showed that tonight in stretches, and they're going to need both of these goalies to get through this this patch. Like it's going to be, we now have another player, uh, Andres Athanasio, out with an injury, a mystery injury. I guess he went out after the uh, second period. Played one shift in the third. Uh, I rewatched it, thinking I might see something, but whatever it was that was bugging him, he probably. Heard it in the second and came out and tried it for that one shift because you know he didn't seem to be particularly laboring, but he went off and never came back. And a little while later, they said he had a lower body injury and wouldn't be back. Just what Oilers need. <sighs> they're well, they're every other game losing of a top uh, uh, top top ten kind of team player. Like it's it's one after another. It's, just a steady stream, and I'm still waiting for the one where they come back the next day and it's, they, they say, well, it's not as bad as we thought, and he'll be playing next game. But no, they keep coming back and say, well, he's out for a few weeks, and it's getting old. Did you uh, Did you hear that Yamamoto skated today? Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good news. Yes. Cassian's back after the next game? Yeah, he's back in the next game, so oh, he's now got a spot. Game. So, and he thought that he might not play with McDavid because of the new guys. Well, guess what? One of the new guys is uh, doubtful for next game. I think it's fair to say that at this point. So, but it's totally frustrating. I mean, what I got seven guys hurt now. So yeah, this is. Uh... And you know what? The you know for all that they were riding pretty high there, the orders have lost. Have won one of their last five games since coming back from Carolina. You know they lost in overtime. They lost in regulation. They got a win. They lost in overtime. They lost in regulation. So it doesn't look like a losing streak, but it's one, two, and two, and that doesn't tread water. You know they got to they got to find a way to win a couple games here. Uh, they got one home game against Winnipeg, and then right back on the road against the Central Division. Pretty tough three-game and four-day road trip next week, just like this week's. Well, Cassian's not coming back a game too soon, and Yamamoto, uh, hopefully he'll be back pronto. And mm-hmm. Clefbaum, yeah, they're starting to uh, they're starting to miss. They, they missed him the day he left, obviously, right. Oscar Clefbaum. Jones oh. has done an okay job. He's been, he's kind of hanging in there, but mm-hmm. they miss Oscar Clefbaum. That's well, the sure. first game, the last game he played was that Carolina game. So without Clefbaum, they're one, two, and two. So there you they, go. they miss him. Indeed. All right, Bruce. Um, so what next up is Winnipeg? What night is that? Uh, Saturday night, February 29th at, uh, at uh, Rogers Place. Big, big game. All righty. Another big game in February. We asked for it, all his fans, and we're getting it. So. Thanks for talking tonight, Bruce. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.